Welcome back to Alpi Parsha Podcast, the podcast where we do a light dive into this week's Torah portion. Each week, we'll explore the Parsha, discuss a random passage connected to Jewish texts and Judaism, and think about how it connects to our lives. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Paul Saleka, and as always, I'm joined by... Aaron Rotenberg. Hey, Paul. Hey, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. Having a good day. Having a good day, why? Uh, I don't know. It's We're recording this on a Sunday, and I felt like it was a relaxing day. I saw a friend in the morning. I had a nice time in at Minion, Shacharit, this morning. Uh, on Sunday, Shacharit starts a little bit later, the morning service, so I get like a bit of a sleep in. It's still a nice leisurely morning. Do they bring any treats to Sunday Minion? I feel like, is it like egg salad and bagels too at, at uh, the show you go to? Yeah, or it's it's always bagels. One day it's hard-boiled eggs, and then the next day they make it into egg salad, and then the next day it's hard-boiled eggs. So today was an egg salad day, which was nice. I can't get enough of that egg salad. I miss the days when I go to What a Bagel in Forest Hill Village and buy their egg salad mm. at a huge premium. <laughs> and use that every um Sudashli sheet. Um but Oh, that is classic Sudashli sheets. Food. That's the third meal of Shabbat you're supposed to have. Make Shabbat special by having a third meal before the sun goes down. Yes, that's true. That reminds me. I was watching I'm so embarrassed, but I was watching part of my unorthodox life today. And they always have subtitles on like certain Jewish words. And they're like, uh, what was the most recent one? Shabbos, the Jewish Sabbath. I'm like, oh, but that must be great for people learning. Um, I'm not familiar with the show. It's I'm embarrassed because it's a little bit um, it's a little bit anti-orthodox. It's about a woman who, who leaves the Orthodox community. It's a reality show, oh. and she runs some sort of company. Um, and some people are saying that she, you know, might have misrepresented some aspects of her community. And I'm just very leery of anti-orthodox media but uh, i know it's also kind of yeah. great fodder for tv um you know probably like people leaving mennonite communities or amish communities or mm-hmm. flds fundamentalist latter-day saints communities so i shouldn't take it so personally but um no but it's a good opportunity for us to assert that we're not anti-orthodox here in lp you heard it here first okay. you're not anti-orthodox <laughs> i'm very pro-orthodox having dabbled in some aspects of orthodoxy for multiple years um, yeah, not so much this. I would time. say I think we're not Orthodox, even though we sometimes lean on Chabad. dot org dot com, which yeah. is Orthodox. Uh, but we ourselves are not, but supportive of and loving of. I agree. I support Orthodox. and love um, yeah. all these different versions, these prisms of light of Judaism. And speaking of kind of different different versions of things, I did really think a lot about the Tanakh this week because my husband for Hanukkah, his gift he asked for was to record his mother's life story on video, oh. which I'm oh. I enjoy doing. Like uh, I love editing videos, as you know. Um, you're great at thank it. Thank you. Yeah, you're great at it. Much more artistic than me. I'm more kind of <laughs> our thing is like structured versus free. Um, 
So I asked her a bunch of questions. We talked for about an hour and 25 minutes. So not that long. Like I'm sure we could have spoken for six or seven hours if we wanted everything. But man, is it hard to get someone to speak in a linear fashion? Like Mm, you would think that you can just get someone to say their life from beginning to end, but you can't like people naturally jump forward and back in time. And she'll allude back to things without naming what she's alluding back to. So for me as a listener, I understand, but I'm like, oh, you would, the person watching this video wouldn't understand it. Um, so I had to like really, it was, it was very strange. I had to re-splice it to make it chronological. Um, so just also made me think about things like the Tanakh, the Jewish, uh, the yeah. Hebrew Bible, you know, um, how maybe some things aren't linear, some things are just heard time after time, like how difficult it is to get a linear narrative. The Tanakh's not always linear. Sometimes things do get uh, referred to back and forth a lot. Um, so it just made me think about how, and one of our close friends who we should have on the podcast, Devorah, she does her, her job is um, compiling the narratives of people who survived the Holocaust. And I can only imagine how difficult that is to get a linear narrative from something so traumatizing. Um, yeah. So that's that's what that was my thought about the 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 Tanakh and the world this week because of my mother in law. Oh, I love how you're making a connection with editing your mother in law's life story in the Tanakh. Yeah, it reminds me of there's a rabbinic saying uh, when commentators are noticing that things seem out of order or the timeline of the text is a little bit. Uh, cloudy. There's this saying of "ein mukdam meuchar b'Torah" that there's no before and after in the Torah. Like you can't. Uh, I think that it's kind of just saying that you can't apply a rigid time structure to the way that things are presented. That is exactly what you're saying. It's uh, bringing in things as needed, and it's not being exactly chronological. But again, this is like what rabbis are saying about it. The text itself doesn't say that. So sometimes it's confusing. It expects you to know how to read it. But yeah, exactly. And that we give ourselves tips over time. That joy of unpacking, I okay. guess, is part of the process. Um, speaking of unpacking, then we should uh, jump into our one minute summary of this this week's Torah portion is Vaishlach. Um, so. <laughs> should have, I should remember, remind myself in my show notes that we should start with that. Show notes. No, show notes are in the description. Um, oh, yeah. What do you call the notes? I don't know. Whatever we call the notes that I refer to during your personal my notes. personal notes. Should remind myself of my personal notes to start with that. But um, I think, especially when we do double headers, I think I always do the first one first and you do the second one first. Um, and we always chat a little bit about who's going first. <laughs> This is the this is the time where we chat about oh we just, well, yeah Paul you yeah so we'll just remember I guess every odd or even is me but um, I don't know if this is odd or even we're gonna lose track so easily but it's true like that's great how do people know that I'm not the first one to think of this I read this somewhere how do people know that we've always had Monday on Monday like how have we never made a mistake on that how come anyways so maybe we did maybe it's all wrong. <laughs> It's true. That would be, we're all breaking Shabbos every week. Um, <laughs> if somebody mixed up the, is that how it works? If somebody would have mixed up the uh, leap year and done 
add it a day in February in the wrong time, it would have offset everything. But you don't add a day of the week. You add a day of the month, don't you? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. It doesn't change anything. Yeah, if you get mixed up, you just look at the candle times of Norway. No, I'm thinking what you do if you're <laughs> observing Shabbat in the North Pole. So my one-minute summary, um, this will be tricky because I'm recording on my phone. Um, Here, why don't I, I'll do one-minute summary while you figure out your phone. That would be great if you can do the timing. Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. Mm. And if you're able to to hold it up, do you have like a timer that's visual? Yeah. Just setting one minute. Okay. Okay. So we'll do three, two, one minute summary. Jacob uh, returns after some time periods and uh, his brother is super angry about something and there's going to be a war and Jacob prays regarding the war. Um, And then that night he and his family cross a river and uh, he wrestles with someone, some sort of mysticated being, and uh, hurts himself. Um, And through this wrestling, he gets this new name, Israel, which means someone who wrestles with God. Um, Jacob and Esau eventually meet up. Oh my gosh. Um, And they make up. uh, And then Jacob buys a plot of land. um, And then there is the rape of Dina. um, And then uh, Benjamin is born and Rachel dies and that's that's all I've got for my one minute two one oh yeah I wasted a second but that's what I got uh, you did it great time thank you yeah I uh, I do my best okay but I'm excited to hear what reverberates and resonates with you yeah I will tell you and you're okay to self, uh, self, I self time. Three, two, one. Uh, go. Jacob is ready to meet again with his brother Asab, who wanted to kill him before, but now their lives have gone on, and Jacob's really scared. So he divides up his family, thinking that. Asaph, if he attacks him, will only be able to destroy half his family. But after wrestling with the angel, uh, getting his name changed, it actually works out very nicely with Asaph, and they reconcile. Everything's great. Uh, cut to Jacob's children, and we hear about the daughter, Dina, who has this fling with Shem, uh, a non-tribe member, uh, the son's Judah, uh, Shimon, and Levi get very upset, and they massacre lots of people. Uh, and then at the end, we hear about the lineage of Asaph that comes afterwards, and all those families. And that's it. Beautiful. So, uh, I, it's always fun to compare the different things that come out of these conversations. So, I, I think we hit some different bases, which is nice. Um, and I and hit them with the high notes um, that we both think are important. And it's almost like a personality test. Like, what do you see? It's a Rorschach test. What do you see in the Torah? 
really jumps out at you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, um, what was that thing when we were kids, right? Like if your index finger is longer than your pointer finger, you're gay, right? Like, so like, oh yeah. if you, it's not true. I'm joking. <laughs> but it's like, if you uh, notice passage 18, but not passage 20, you know, you're bisexual. No, it's there's something about you. There's something about you. You've got a certain je ne sais quoi personality test. Um, but so we don't get too biased by focusing on what we want. We also insert the random. It's time for our random uh, verse selection. And this week, I did the randomest thing of all. I looked inside myself and picked a, a passage. So it was. I randomly <laughs> decided to be intentional. Sorry, that's not true. Oh, it was random. But I'd randomly pick one that was so encapsulating that I was like, I don't trust myself. I probably unconsciously pick this. Um, so this random passage was okay. chapter. Th- I'm curious. Yeah, now you're yeah you're on pins and needles now. It's it's chapter thirty two, verse twenty nine. Um, and if you're okay to do the Hebrew, and I'll do the English. Thirty two twenty nine. The. I just underlined that one in my. Oh, we can't see here. That's the one verse that I also underlined. We agree that this is an important one. And we are going to change our names after re-talking about this, and you'll see why. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's to ward off um, the angel of death. No, that's a different superstition. Um, for those of you who are listening, if we... Change one yeah. But yeah, let's read this verse. Um, uh... And he's, again, in English, and then you'll do Hebrew. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, because you have commanding power with an angel of God and with men, and you have prevailed. And this is from Chabad.org's translation. Mm. And in the JPS translation, there's a translation, and then there's notes about how to variously understand those different words in the translation. We'll talk about all of what these words can mean. Uh, after we read the Hebrew, which is Vayomer lo Vayomer lo Yaakov Yeamer od Shimcha ki im Yisrael ki sarita im Elohim veim anashim vatuchal. Classic verse. It's an important verse. This changes a lot. No longer are we the people of the children of Jacob, but the children of Israel. It's a big shift, you know, like uh, Israel being important in several ways in Judaism. Israel being, of course, Israel, Jacob's name, Jacob being one of the patriarchs. Israel. Which is probably when people hear the word Israel these days, that wouldn't be the obvious connection. They wouldn't think, oh, yeah. The patriarch from the Bible, Israel. But that is this is the source, yeah. That's true. I guess most lay people would look at it in a way that makes sense in these geopolitical times. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but Israel is also um, the patriarch, like we said. Also the name of, is it the northern kingdom? Uh, yes. Israel was the northern kingdom, and Judah, I believe, was the southern kingdom. Northern kingdom. So that's why... If you ever were wondering, and you can correct me at any point here, Aaron, 
why sometimes we refer to Jewish people as Jewish or sometimes children of Israel. Maybe unless you're Jewish, you haven't heard the second one so much. Um, but it seems like there are these two kingdoms long ago, Judah and Israel, that both had, you know, spoke Hebrew and shared a religion, even though they were warring on and off. And eventually, you know, as the the land of Israel was taken over by the Judeo-Roman War uh, and ceased to exist, you know, Jewish, one of those kingdoms became one of the names for Israel. And Israel also stayed as one of the names for them. I believe that's why we have that strange doublet of names that, you know, it's Judah was also one of the sons of Israel who became one of the tribes, who became one of the kingdoms. So, like, I just, it, just that kind of uh, doublet of the naming is interesting that these were separate kingdoms, but we somehow use these kind of interchangeably. Yeah, or more of the context, at least from the Tanakh's perspective, is after the Israelites uh, in the five books of Moses get into the land with Joshua and have judges, eventually they say, we want a kingdom. And there is a unified kingdom just these glorious days with David and Solomon and King Saul, but then there's a breaking apart and King Solomon's son takes half of, and this is kind of framed as a punishment to Solomon for taking too many horses and too many wives and not really being the best ruler that he could have been. The kingdom is split and there's a, yeah, rebellion from the people in the North who, have a different lineage and history going forward. And then also, I guess, Samaritans too. There's also Samaria, if I recall, somewhere in the mix of this. Uh, yeah. Or Samaria, I think is one of the names of the Northern area. Slightly more distant group of people than the Judeans and the kingdom of Israel, but um, still, you know. Oh, the Samaritan people. Yeah, that's Yeah, right. Samaritan people, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, a lot of people know Samaritans from the, the phrase the good samaritan but samaritans still exist i think there's still 300 around today and still practice a religion very close to judaism and a book very close to the hebrew bible um i think they consider themselves of course the true keepers of the faith samaritans shomer protectors um oh is that what they say about themselves yeah i mean it makes sense right okay. like uh it makes sense yeah. so um I attended a Samaritan uh, Passover sacrifice, or they, the Samaritan community like welcomes in everybody to uh, observe their observance of Passover, where they sacrifice each family sacrifices a goat or sheep, uh, as is set out in the Torah. And Jews today don't do it, so lots of Jews are interested and they go to visit, but it's their the center of. We, we mentioned Shem, who is the name of this character uh, in the story with Dina, but it's also the name, the Hebrew name of Nablus, which is in the area that we refer to as Samaria. Anyway. That's when you lived in Bethlehem, uh, I guess? Is that when you... Uh, it's when I lived in Jerusalem. But yeah, it's this really interesting mix that because it's this, the Samaritans are like kind of this, they see themselves as a Jewish community living amongst Palestinians. So they have good relationships with the Palestinian Muslim neighbors. So they invite in Palestinians and all these Jews come. And it's this really like interesting moment of mixing together of communities that doesn't happen very often to do this like strange uh, biblical ritual 
It's really quite cool. That is so cool. I'm actually incredibly jealous. I think I need to, at some point in my life, see this Samaritan Passover. Also maybe see a Karite something, because I know that's the other group that is much smaller than it was a thousand years ago. Uh, but I'd still be very interested to see their practices. And then I'll really have seen Judaism for, from four dimensions. And then I can live a happy life. Bucket list. <laughs> Communities. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. What else do we have to say about this? If we're done talking about the Northern and Southern Kingdom. What else do we have to say about this? Uh, the verse about getting the name Israel. I, I really love this section or I've, I'm very touched by it. Um, it's at this moment of like deep fear and anxiety where, right. Jacob is like, not sure if his family is going to survive. And if this thing that he's been running away from this like conflict with his brother is going to like destroy the things that he's come to build. And he's like up at night, like really nervous about things, which when I'm, feeling a lot of anxiety. I, I can relate to this. He's like pacing on the other side of the Jabbok River. And then there's this wrestling that happens with this mysterious Ish. The Hebrew word is Ish, which means person. It seems like it's more, a more than person. He's after wrestling all night. The As the sun is coming up, the figure says, you have to let me go. I can't be out in the sun. Somebody at Shul was pointing to some verses the other day and being like, yeah, this is proof that uh, Asaph is a vampire. This is an image of a vampire from the Torah. I was going to say, there must be some sort of mysticalness to this person, you know, that they can't be seen by the sun. Yeah. And they're traditionally under, yeah, there's some, something going on and they're understood as being an angel and Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. And the blessing that this person gives kind of as kind of revealing themselves, they said, you've wrestled with humans and you've also wrestled with divine beings, which is like referring to themselves, or it seems like it's referring to themselves. This person is actually revealing themselves as a divine being, as an, an angel of some sort. Uh, and you've prevailed. You've somehow been successful in your wrestling. And that name is reflected in the name Israel. Or Israel means wrestler of God, which feels like such a great name for, right? that's not usually, I think, how we relate to the name Israel. Just like, oh, it's some proper name doesn't mean much, but it means God wrestlers, right? Not God lovers or God appreciators. And it has this like, uh, it feels like an ambivalent struggling name, which feels like to me also true of spiritual life, that it is, again, you have to wrestle and work through things. Absolutely. Like even a few parts ago, you know, we see Abraham kind of negotiating with God, I guess you could kind of say wrestling of sorts in terms of uh, wanting to save the people that there is a sort of like, um, you know, challenging of God in the Jewish tradition and even, you know, challenging of authority figures, challenging of texts. Um, You can imagine, you know, even thinking about the core texts of Judaism, 
of course, there is the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible. And then, of course, there's the Mishnah, you know, these, um, was it Judah the Prince, kind of these compilations of philosophical texts. And then there is the, don't tell me, Gemara, which is the commentary about the Mishnah. And the Mishnah with the Gemara makes the Talmud. Um, just that we have this kind of God text and we're kind of constantly working with it. We're kneading it, K-N-E-A-D-I-N-G, um, kind of reminiscent of uh, wrestling of sorts. And also just kind of, um, yeah. I think wrestling with God too, just really because, you know, our final section always in the podcast is how it kind of relates to us. And I think this is could not be more relatable to every spiritual and non-spiritual person, you know. How do you come to terms with the need for religion or spirituality or community? Like, um, I think we've talked about it before that it seems like such an unnatural thing, a logical thing. And yet, you know, we're all drawn to, drawn to this thing. So how do we reconcile living in a logical scientific world and needing God and rest? For me, it's kind of like wrestling for the need for God. Like you don't want to need God, but you can't help but give in for your need for God. It's how it feels for me um, as a person uh-huh. in the world. Yeah, that's, I love it. And can I share one more, or there's an interpretation that I really love about this section that's about reconciling with wrestling. Let's hear it. Like you're talking about. Uh, It's from Rabbi Alan Liu uh, of Blessed Memory, um, who is a meditation teacher and rabbi uh, in, I think, San Francisco, the West Coast. Uh, and he frames this uh, renaming of Jacob as Jacob really coming to terms with himself. That Jacob, as we've been seeing, like is not such a nice character. He's stealing birthrights, tricking his brother, tricking Lavan, running away. He's like kind of a character that's not actually so lovable in a, in a way. And Rabbi Lou connects us to this like aspect of wrestling with people that he's like a trickster. That's kind of even the name Jacob, like means grabbed, grabbing the heel. He's always kind of like grabbing, he, which comes with the image of his birth, but he's comes out of the womb, grabbing Asab's heel, uh, his brother's heel as his twin. He's kind of always like annoying people and being not so great. And Jacob feels this in himself that that's like who he is, but it's, there's some like discomfort in it. And actually the blessing from the Ish, from the angel in this moment is actually saying like, Oh, this is who you are. And that's a blessing, right? It may have been hard for you to like accept these difficult parts of yourself, but the blessing that I'm giving to you is that like, these are, there's, there's blessing if you can see that this wrestling that you're always doing is actually a divine side of you that you need to step into and embrace. And I feel like that's that teaching of like coming to terms with the hard parts of ourselves is like the essential thing that Yaakov realizes. And that is also like the deep realization that we need to always be stepping into to be the people of Israel, to like, recognize the parts that we wrestle with in ourselves and to say, ah, yeah, that too is part of the blessing that I've received. Yeah. I love that. I, 
I really want to end on that note. I will just say, and we can edit this out because I'm just wanting to say it. To say it, um, I remember like one of the rabbis that uh, had previously mentored me. You know, whenever we talked about the Tanakh, I'd be like, "Oh, everyone's so just flawed." And he's like, "These are difficult people in difficult situations." And I didn't really see it as a strength. You know that this isn't some sort of rosy people with rosy stories making good decisions. These are difficult people in difficult situations making difficult decisions. Um, so the fact that you have to wrestle that like you're, you have to, you know, persevere through these things. Like, I think it's, it is meaningful. It doesn't seem like it at first, like, Oh, who are these manipulative people? You know, Jacob, especially so manipulative, um, such a bully sometimes so capricious, uh, hard to understand, but this is our, this is our guy. Uh, so, you know, we're not looking for some perfect person. We're yeah. looking for someone like us. And I can't say I would do much better than him. So I, um, I, I do have a new appreciation. I mean, this was 10 years ago. Since 10 years ago, I have this new appreciation for Jacob in this way. Yeah, it was like right, learning to have sympathy and Rahmanis, right? This compassion for Jacob like that can maybe help us have that same sympathy for ourselves. Right. And the, right there. Why is he, why does he have all these hard aspects to him? And we can like look in the text. We try to find and understand what's going on. And that helps us also look within ourselves as our own text and find and look what's going on in ourselves too. I believe you've done like such two amazing one-liners in this one. First of all, kind of the wrestling piece. And now the, when we are compassionate with Jacob, we're compassionate with ourselves. Like uh, you're really on fire this, this session. Thanks. Well, you bring it out of, bring it out. That's so nice. I'm, I'm the oxygen and you are the flame. I'm just giving life to this thing that's already here, but you can't see me. Um, I'm getting too abstract. We do it together. Yeah, thank you for all these great insights, Aaron. It's been such a pleasure to dive deep into, you know, maybe my fifth or sixth favorite character in the Tanakh, which is still pretty high. Uh, Yaakov, Jacob. Uh, and this has been LP Parsha Podcast. As always, I'm Paul Saleka, one of your co-hosts. And as always, I've been joined by Aaron Rotenberg. Great learning with you. Have a great week.